This episode of the What the Fintech podcast is brought to you in partnership with Fintech Scotland. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of What the Fintech, the podcast from the team behind Fintech Futures and the Banking Technology Magazine. My name is Paul Hindle, editor at Fintech Futures, and for this episode, we're joined by Nicola Anderson, CEO of Fintech Scotland. Nicola, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much for having me, Paul. Excellent. It was great to have you on the show this week. Just to get started, we'd like to quickly let us know a bit more about yourself and the work you're doing at Fintech Scotland. Sure. So I'm the Chief Exec at Fintech Scotland. Fintech Scotland is a cluster management organisation, Paul. So we're here to help Scotland and the UK. I recognise the economic contribution that fintech innovation can give. And we do that in a number of different ways. Primarily, we're here to support the fintech community that we have in Scotland. There are 220 of those fintech businesses within that community at the moment across that startup, scale-up and beyond stage of business. Um, So that gives us lots to focus on. And in addition, then, we think about the broader opportunity that fintech presents for the financial services sector and financial services industry. And that takes our work to engage with the large financial institutions the academic communities here in Scotland, um, universities, etc., and then policymakers and others. So we can really think about that broad, inclusive contribution that we need to make sure that we are all listening to the opportunity that FinTech presents for Scotland and the UK. That sounds great. And thanks again so much for taking the time out to speak with me today. On the show this week, we'll be taking a deeper dive into the growing fintech scene in Scotland, as you mentioned there, including some of the key trends in the country at the moment and some of the areas and companies that are seeing the most traction. And we'll also learn how Fintech Scotland is pushing to make the country one of the top five fintech hubs in the world and its plans for achieving that goal. That's all to come a bit later, but as always, to get us started is our news in numbers segment. So this is where our guest has gone out and found a new story featuring an interesting number to discuss. So Nicola, what have you brought along for us today? So, Paul, I've brought the number 10 to the podcast today, particularly because I think it's an important number for us. It's an important number for us at Fintech Scotland because we are a fintech cluster. And so that number 10 in terms of clusters across the UK was recognised in the Khalifa Review. And it really strikes a chord with us about the importance of that connectivity across the UK and the opportunity that clusters present. So that number 10 is valuable in that way. The second reason that number 10 is important to us is that as we think about the future, and perhaps coming on to some of the questions that you're going to ask me later, we have cast our eye 10 years to the future and asked our communities and cluster, what will financial services look like in 10 years' time and what do we need to do to get there? And we've published that in a research and innovation roadmap. So that 10-year research and innovation roadmap for fintech is an important tool for us as we think about our work. And then finally, we're about to come on to celebrate the Fintech Scotland Festival, which kicks off in September. And it starts on the 21st of September with the 10th Fintech Summit and the 10th Annual Fintech Summit. So again, another really important reminder for us this year about how important that number 10 is. And it just felt like a great number and great stories to put on the table as we have our conversation today. Sounds great. There's a fair bit to unpack there. I think we can start off with the FinTech Festival, actually, you just mentioned coming September. Can you tell us a little bit more about what to expect from that and some of the highlights from this year's show? Yeah, absolutely. 
So this is a celebration of fintech innovation in Scotland and indeed then inviting that contribution across the UK and internationally. So it kicks off on the 21st with the Fintech Summit and we will be talking about all things connected to fintech and AI, connected to fintech and payments and connected to fintech and climate agenda and connected to fintech and financial regulation. So you can expect to see topics and events right across the three-week period that is the festival are related to all of that. Some of the highlights for me include some of the international delegations that are coming across. And as I mentioned, really starting as we mean to go on with the FinTech Summit on the 21st, which convenes the industry and brings us all together to talk about the opportunity for the future. Excellent. I guess second point there would be that 10-year roadmap then. I think you're, what, like a year and a half into that now. What kind of progress, I guess, have you made so far then through, through that? So it was an ambitious plan and we're really pleased with progress. We have seen an increase in the number of fintech entrepreneurs as we think about climate. So actually, let me take a step back because possibly to tell you a little bit more about that roadmap and that plan. So that plan talks about four really important themes for us as we think about innovation and the future opportunities that fintech presents. And those range across open finance, climate finance, payments and transactions and financial regulation. And as we've set a course along those four topics, we've really started to see increase in numbers in fintech entrepreneurship against each of those chapters, if you like. So coming back to the point that I'd started with, getting ahead of myself perhaps a little, in the climate finance chapter, we're already seeing a significant number of increased fintech businesses focused on that agenda and helping to really build propositions that will serve us well as we move towards that net zero climate agenda that we're striving for. Excellent, excellent. And as I mentioned at the start, one of the aims of Fintech Scotland is to make the country one of the top five fintech hubs in the world. So what are your next steps then on this 10-year plan and how do you plan on achieving those goals and, and gaining that global recognition? We're really pleased actually that as part of the UK fintech clusters, we're in a that kind of position where that allows us to really elevate the opportunity more broadly. Scotland and the Fintech Scotland cluster is the only accredited cluster in Europe, actually, for fintech recognition. And that's an accreditation that's offered by an organization called the European Secretariat of Cluster Analysis. That's a body that will come and assess that cluster approach, which is connected with really driving economic opportunity. And so using that benchmark, we're really proud of the achievements and the progress that we're making so far. So we're on track. And then the roadmap helps us to really think about those strategic opportunities that will drive us even further forward and you'll see actions now Paul come through from the Fintech Scotland cluster such as the establishment of a financial regulation innovation lab which we hope will create an asset for Scotland and for the UK as we think about convening the industry regulators and academics on that subject so that helps us progress together and collaboratively and then you'll also see us working with the likes of CFIT, the Centre for Finance, Innovation and Technology, on the open finance data chapter. And that's where we think we can draw in the expertise that Scotland has around data-driven innovation 
and some of the investment that's gone into that already to help the UK achieve its broader open finance ambition. So those are a number of different ways where we think we can really elevate the opportunity here in Scotland to serve the broader UK opportunity and that then those practical actions help us draw on our strengths and expertise to drive forward change. Sounds like exciting times ahead. I guess if we take a look back then pre-police review, as you mentioned, they're pre that 10-year roadmap. How has the fintech scene in Scotland then grown over the last few years? And what are your projections going forward? Well, that's a great question. So as we started, Fintech Scotland was established in 2018. And as we started, there were 26 fintech businesses in the community at that point. So to see it now stand at 220 is a real testament, actually, to the progress that's been made and the ambition that that fintech community has. And we see real strengths in that population of businesses connected to open banking and the changes that were made and the opportunities that open banking presented for the UK, both in terms of data and kind of personal finance options for customers and individuals, but also in that kind of payments arena and how the payments industry has been able to move forward in connection to some of the changes and legislative approaches that were made around PSR and open banking at that time. So there's real depth in open banking capability and in payments capability in that fintech community here. There's also real depth in reg tech, things ranging all the way through from reg reporting to KYC to AML, to also just now starting to think about new regulations that are coming in. How do we meet consumer duty obligations? How do we think about the ESG agenda? So real depth in reg tech capability and also real depth in the kind of wealth and asset management space. So those wealth tech businesses that will help us think about our future retirement options, our future investment options and how we engage more with that type of need as individuals and as businesses. So I hope that gives you a bit of a sense. No, definitely, definitely. And obviously between 2018, 2021, a huge amount of buzz in fintech, huge amount of funding going in. Um, it's been a difficult year this year for fintech across the globe with tough macroeconomic factors and funding declining significantly. How has this impacted fintechs in Scotland specifically and how resilient has the sector been over this period? Yeah, absolutely. I think unanimously across the world, as you've said, we've seen a tougher investment market for sure. We were confident, actually, last year we saw significant investment coming into fintech in Scotland, around 300% increase in the year before, which really served those businesses well. So many of those fintechs who were raising at the time actually had good timing, if you like, in that regard. So We've saw that kind of confidence in the community here in Scotland through investment last year. We're certainly seeing the, as you have mentioned, it's a tougher climate at the moment. So that takes us then to work with the likes of the Department of Business and Trade, the likes of our clusters across the UK and connecting internationally and globally as we think about bringing in those investment opportunities and really profiling 
the capabilities that we have here in Scotland and the UK in fintech. So I don't think anybody's complacent, Paul, at all. I think where we can be confident is that there's a number of great minds and great experiences coming together to try and address this. That sounds really positive. What would you say then are some of the key benefits of setting up shop in, in Scotland then? And what are the key points you'd make to any fintech founders looking to set up in the country? I think Scotland is recognised generally, I guess, as a significant financial centre within the UK. So second to London in some of its financial services capabilities. And so you have that depth of experience and expertise generally in financial services here. And so that skills and talent, mentoring, a kind of experience is here. So that's certainly something that stands to Scotland's credit, which is fantastic. And then equally, Scotland is really clear that it is part of the UK. And so we have that connection right across the UK and working with those clusters across the UK that I mentioned at the top of our chat and indeed really closely with London. So there's that connectivity that's um, also really important. And then as we think about the specific capabilities in Scotland, we know here and our work at Fintech Scotland connects us with the universities and the technology capabilities here, the innovation and the innovation landscape that's available here, the ranging from accelerator programs all the way through. And indeed, not just in Fintech, but innovation across the sectors so we can learn from how innovation might work in another area and take that into the world of financial services. So there's the connectivity within Scotland, there's the connectivity across the UK, and then there's the depth of experience in financial services and that heritage in financial services that all serves us well as we think about the opportunity here. Excellent. We touched on a couple of these earlier, but what would you say are some of the biggest trends then in the fintech scene then in Scotland and which areas are seeing the most traction? Oh, we did touch on that earlier. So as I said, open banking, payments, reg tech, wealth tech, all really developing. Where there are some exciting trends then, if you like, is connected to those chapters of the Research and Innovation Roadmap. And let me focus then on climate, on the climate space. So we have seen an uptick in technology-based businesses that know they have a role to play focused on the climate agenda and can play a role in helping financial services and fintech address the climate issues. So there's some really interesting businesses like Snug, focused on the housing market and really helping homeowners like you and I and others understand their responsibilities and indeed an action plan that they could take to help make sure that they are addressing the emissions that come through for their home. Those types of things I think are important because it makes it real for people. And 20% of our emissions from the UK come from housing stock. So those types of fintech innovations that help us address that are really important. And we're seeing that trend here come through where there's those practical problems that people face that innovators are then building propositions to solve in the climate agenda. And then as we think forward on the connectivity, as I've mentioned before, across different sectors of innovation, there's significant investment going into space tech and space based data innovation in Scotland and indeed in the southwest of England. And it, through that, we know that there will be more opportunities as we connect the data and the earth observational capability and how we apply that into the financial services sector 
through fintech innovation that will help us even address the climate agenda too. So I think there's some really interesting trends in that climate agenda space, Paul. Sounds great. I mean, off the back of that as well, I mean, you mentioned Snug there, but is there any other companies in particular that are really making an impact, you think, in the space at the moment? So connecting space on fintech, there's a really interesting business called Trade in Space that's helping organisations understand the supply chain and the emissions along the supply chain, which is fantastic and interesting to see. There's another really interesting one called Ecometrica, which is helping larger institutions really understand their their reporting responsibilities and getting data and insights that make that accurate. And it's through that then that we can see business decisions being made to change the types of operations that will that are meaningful then when it comes to climate change. So those are a couple off the top of my head from the climate agenda perspective. In the reg tech space, I think businesses like Amicus and Encompass are really exciting. And Encompass is a business that trades internationally across Australia, America, and Scotland and the UK, which is fantastic to see. And Amicus is a business that trades across financial services, health and government. So we can really see those connections and the capability that is there. Payments, I think Modular is a really exciting business in payments. And that, again, is another significant scale up soon to be even larger are trading internationally really thinking about how payments is done differently and then in the banking and open banking there are a couple that really spring to mind so a business called direct id who are really thinking about how credit risk can be done differently so that it's building financial inclusion using open banking data in a different way And another one that I would mention, I guess, connected to the financial inclusion agenda using open banking is a business called Invest. And they're really focused on helping individuals in a vulnerable position really understand potential benefits that they may be entitled to. So they're maximizing income as opposed to maximizing credit. And that's a really interesting way to look at it and help people who are perhaps in that kind of vulnerable position. That sounds great. And I mean, on the startup front as well, you're collaborating with TSB on the third annual TSB Innovation Labs program. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that and some of the success stories you've had come through there as well? Absolutely. This is a really interesting approach, actually, that we're using working with those large financial institutions, because Many of the businesses, Paul, in the fintech community in Scotland are building B2B propositions. So their route to market and commercialization, our commercial opportunity comes by partnering with those larger firms. And so finding a way to make that easier and as straightforward as possible has been really important to us. And the TSB Labs is a really great example of a large institution who knows that it wants to partner really responsibly with fintech entrepreneurs, is very specific about the challenges that it'd like an entrepreneur to work with them on. So they publish those, we talk about those problem points or pain points, if you like, those challenge statements. And that gives real clarity to an innovator as to whether or not their proposition is going to be suitable or indeed if they could have an opportunity to work with an institution like TSB. And what we've really seen with TSB is that kind of 
responsible approach to really thinking about partnerships with fintechs, recognizing the journey that a fintech business needs to go on as it wants to grow and scale. And a couple of the successes actually from last year's program, I've mentioned Snug already when we've been chatting, but TSB are working with Snug now, connected to that housing opportunity and climate. And the other business that they're working with is a fantastic business called Lightning Reach. And Lightning Reach also are focused on financial inclusion and helping vulnerable customers. So yeah, we're really proud of that program and the work with TSB. Great, great. And, and I mean, how important would you say these types of initiatives are that when it comes to, I guess, the early stages of these fintechs and startups and growing these companies? And how important is that collaboration between banks and fintechs now in the space? I do think it's really important, actually. TSB is one example. We've also run calls this year with Lloyd's Banking Group and with Phoenix Group. And what we've seen through those experiences is that those large institutions are really thinking very carefully now about how they can responsibly partner with a smaller business and also being really honest about what they can and can't do. And I think actually that honesty is just really vital at those early conversations with smaller entrepreneurs who are hoping that their business can really accelerate through a partnership with a large organization. But what we know is that partnership can take a lot of time to really develop. And so these calls and this openness, if you like, to innovating in this way just helps to bring real clarity and focus to the opportunity. And what we're seeing is that offers some just real honesty and trust in the relationship as it builds. I think there's some still some way to go, Paul, in that. And some of those larger institutions are definitely much more progressed than others. And I think we're really alert to what might a broader industry approach look like, which is something that we'll test a little bit next year, we think. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it'll be great to, to see what comes of that. Then you'll have to keep us posted as you go through. Um, to finish off then, what are some of the, the big fintech developments that have most excited you specifically at, at the moment? And, and what do you think people should be keeping on moving forward? So I have mentioned there the kind of climate agenda. I think we've just scratched the surface there and what the art of the possible might be. And I think we will see tech capabilities develop in other sectors that can be easily deployed as we think about the climate finance agenda. And I think we need to work together to break that down. And I've heard the climate finance agenda described in a number of different ways. And I think there's work for us to do across the ecosystem that is the UK and fintech to come together to really think about that. But nonetheless, I think that's a really exciting opportunity for us. We know that the future of digital assets, we didn't touch on digital assets in our conversation so far, but I think the capability that technology such as blockchain or distributed ledger can perhaps present is still to be discovered. There's still quite a lot of questions out there as to whether or not there are use cases for that. But I think as we develop our understanding, those will become clearer. And that whole world of digital assets is something for us that we're quite alert to at the minute. And then that kind of takes us on to that kind of whole world of payments and if you like value exchange and how can that help us really consider financial inclusion for the future 
as we move beyond the how we currently think about that. So those would be my top three. Paul, if you were to ask me, climate, digital assets and payments. And I think payments in particular can help us with that financial inclusion agenda. And really keen to see how the kind of payments in the Cybos events over the next wee while bring some of that capability to life. Thank you so much again for taking the time out to speak with me, Nicola. To close out our podcast, we have our now infamous fintech jail. So this is where we ask for an industry term, buzzword or trend that you've seen or heard enough of and cast it away. What's your selection for this week? So this is such an interesting question, isn't it? And a really difficult one. And I've listened to some of your podcasts and saw some of those words that are put already in jail. So, Paul, I'm going to put the word collaboration on the table, if I may, which may be somewhat controversial. Actually, I've just talked all the way through our podcast and our time about the importance of connection and collaboration across the UK. But I'm putting it on the table for consideration simply because I don't want it to become a word that becomes overused and I'd really like us to be thinking about the collaborating, the spirit of collaboration, which is all about intent and action. And we have to really think about the action that will drive the outcomes that the collaboration is there to achieve. So the word collaboration on its own without the designed intent and the actions, if you like, is certainly something that I'm very thoughtful about. So if I can, I'm going to put that word on and hope very much that I can be challenged on that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think this might be one of those selections where we'll, we'll put it in the jail now and someone will see it in the jail out of context and push to break it out. And I think we can all agree that collaboration is a positive and this move, as you mentioned, is more of a pro-collaboration move, really, that it's trying to stop it from being overused and it's focusing on the actions rather than just saying it for the sake of saying it. I'm happy to drop this one in the jail now and I'll, I'll deal with the aftermath when we get there. But do you have any final thoughts on this one then? And, and do you think people should always be, be focusing in on the action when discussing collaboration? I think it's like everything. You learn as you go and it's about bringing those lessons and learnings to the table earlier. And it's as we do that, then I think we'll move faster. So it's just something to be alert to. As you hear the word collaboration, let's just be really clear that we are actually when that comes up, that we're both on the same page about it. And then that allows us to progress. Well, that's all we have time for this episode. Thanks, of course, to Nicola for joining me. As for Fintech Futures, you can find us online at www.fintechfutures.com, on X at Fintech Futures, and of course, on LinkedIn. If you like this podcast and our other episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting service to get notified about future episodes. Thanks as well to Arama for editing this podcast. You can check them out at arama.tv. As always, thank you very much for your support. We'll see you soon for another episode of What the Fintech. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.